Hello, everyone, and welcome to the fifth episode of the Pod and Click podcast, a podcast about point-and-click adventures. And we have made it to one of the big names in point-and-click adventures, Carmen Sandiego, the 2001 game that I don't think a lot of people have played, or at least don't talk about nostalgically on the internet. So, this is the, we're doing 2001... What? We're doing the 2001 game Treasures of Knowledge. Uh, it is on Steam. It is the only Carmen game on Steam, so you'll be able to find it very easily. It's ten bucks. Usually, it's on sale. So, mm -hmm. so we're gonna kick things off a little bit of a history of Carmen San Diego. So, in 1980, Broder Bun Entertainment was founded, and they made a lot of little computer games, like a lot of little computer arcade games. But then, in 1985, they developed a geography game called Carmen San Diego, where in the world is Carmen San Diego, which they were worried about being too hard, so they included a world almanac. Now, I can't, uh, you know, speak for if the game was too hard, but I'm sure including the almanac helped. And it was an immediate hit for its mix of education and humor, and so much so that schools started buying it up for the computer labs. And by the end of the 80s, they had where in the world is Carmen San Diego, where in the USA is Carmen San Diego. Europe, time, and where in North Dakota is Carmen Sandiego? What? That is, a, that is a real game. It was greenlit by the North Dakota government. It is basically a mix for education, you know, for school purposes, and then for, like, local landmarks. I was not, able to, find, was not able to find any footage of the game, but I hope it resurfaces at some point, because that sounds fascinating. Well, yeah, it just sounds like a. they were probably paid them to, like, make the whole game, and they were just probably like, okay, sure. That's possible. All right, so, and they wanted to make a TV show because the games were so successful. Disney actually approached them to make an animated series, but someone suggested, no, you should take it to public television and sell the rights for $1 because the notice, the recognition the games will get from the show will be more important. So they sold it to PBS for $0. A whole what? dollar less. Yeah. Well, they sold the rights. They they didn't, like, lose the game. They lost the... They just sold the TV show rights. Which leads to the now famous... How did... Ne Wait, but how did Netflix get the rights, then? We'll get to that. This was this was the 90s. Things were different. Um, PBS sold them for $10 million. So oh, this dear. is... So this is something I'd like to quickly talk about. I feel like, for most people, the cultural memory of Carmen Sandiego is this TV show. The game show that was on PBS. I think Whoa. To, I don't know if I heard, even knew that existed though. I feel like to a certain generation, I mean probably maybe not our generation, but maybe like I think the generation before ours. I think I was more aware of the games. Although I do remember some episodes of the animated Cartman San Diego like DIC series. Yeah, cuz I think that would air after Magic School Bus, which we'll get to those games eventually, but um Magic School Bus. I would also although speaking of which where in the world is Carmen Sandiego probably also does have one of the top three PBS Kids theme songs of all time. It's pretty good. You can hear Will try to sing it at the end of our last episode. Oh, that's what you were saying. Yeah, so that's why I think, like, the song is so was so ubiquitous to a certain generation of people. And I, John might be right that more people are closer to our age remember the games. Because I remember Carmen Sandiego, the show existing, but it was not on by the time I was cognizant enough to notice what was on TV. Yeah. Regardless, people had some awareness, have awareness of it. Okay, okay, so anyway, yes. So 
Fast forward to like 1997, I think it is, and Broderbun is bought by the Learning Company, who released the game we're talking about today. And they made the animated series Where on Earth is Carmen Sandiego, which is the first time we get Carmen as a former Acme detective. And in the later season, she would become more of an anti-hero, helping out when they had, let's just say, more cartoonishly evil villains show up. And mm. and it was they always made it clear in the show that she was all about the preservation of the artifacts and maybe wasn't even trying to steal them for her own personal gain, which, okay. It belongs in a museum. Exactly. But, and and so the learning company era is the games more based on the show with the chief, you know, the slightly goofier sense of humor, uh, the animated show. And then we get this game in 2001, which we will come back to in a minute. And I feel like this was the learning company trying to start a new franchise. But again, I want to cover a few more things. This story was technically continued in the 2004 game, Carmen Sandiego and the Secret of the Stolen Drums, which was released for PS2, Xbox, and GameCube. Which when Mm. I tell you it's a PS2 era action platformer, whatever game popped into your mind, that's exactly what it is. No. (laughs) So. Yes. Uh... And then Carmen went a little dormant. Then in 2015, we got a mobile game, which was not very good. Uh, it, it basically lasted 15 minutes, and you went to a few countries. There might have been more levels you could buy, and I just missed it. Um, and then we get the Netflix series, where she's voiced by Gina Rodriguez and is a all-out good guy, which I know caused a little controversy at the time. But I think the show, for what it is, is fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay. I've never watched it, so I can't. Let's let's switch to the game. Yes. So this right game now, was. And, oh. And say what you're gonna say. This game was released in 2001 uh, by the Learning Company. It was released. I feel like as the Learning Company was trying to revive a few of their series because this was around the same time the fifth edition of the Oregon Trail came out, which <laughs> the only difference was it was the previous version, but they added a few animated cutscenes at the cities where you're following these three kids, which they all survive unless your entire wagon dies. So. So let's, like. So if nothing else, they made a full Carbon San Diego game. They just didn't reskin a Where in the World game from the 90s and add these animated clips. Yeah. No, it's true. And I'll say this. For the most part, until the very last mission, and maybe that's intentional, you don't really revisit anywhere. Like you don't all the locations are very are like new. It's not like you go to England like like five times throughout the course of the game. Yeah. It's in the second to last mission, I think you go to Indonesia again, which is just one room, which is, is weird to me. And then the last mission, you go, like, retread in Quebec um, and a few other places. Right. So, quick story. So, just for the story, so we don't get lost. Agents Jules Argent and Shadow Hawkins are on a mission to stop Carmen Sandiego after she steals a book on Marco Polo's travels. And the deeper they get in, the deeper the conspiracy gets. Mm. Conspiracy is a strong word, but and yeah, Jules, oh, and Jules was word. Carmen Sandiego's former partner. Yeah, you're right when you say conspiracy is a strong word, because now here's the thing. Part so of are me, we talking about our opinions on the game now? I'm talking yes. about this some of the story stuff. Okay, uh, purely story. Um, so spoilers. If you haven't played the game, we're gonna spoil different things. Five, four, three, two, one. Okay. So this is the very end of the game. I can't tell if the learning company is smart or what. What? Because here's the thing. The whole game, 
it's like clear that Carmen's just kind of playing with you. Yes, that's yes. true. Like, it's very clear, and you're like, what? what's its game? And even near the end, you get the vibe. Like, in the last mission, there are a few things to think, oh, like, that gave, like, his little grapple hug. It's like, ah, oh, that gave him the upper hand. He grabbed the key, and, like, he grabbed this other thing from, like, the helicopter. And it's like, oh, we're, this is where we're going to turn the tables and get the upper hand. But you really don't. But then at the end, it's like, it's like maybe Carmen just wanted us to find this stuff. Which is, like, the implication of the whole game is it was just to, like, have them follow. Carmen just wanted you to follow them around the whole game, which explains a lot. Because there's so much stuff that's, like, Carmen just leaves around dumbly, which if she was a master criminal, she wouldn't. But then there's also, like, a lot of times that Jules is like, huh, I wonder if Carmen left this for us or if it was here by mistake throughout so much of the game. Yeah, I was going to say, so this is the one thing. I feel like in a game, a version of this game made now, that would be them being meta about, oh, isn't it weird Carmen leaves these clues for you to like explain the normal point and click adventure aspect of, if these clues aren't here, you're not going to know what to do. Mm -hmm. But played completely straight in this game, I agree, it does raise an eyebrow. I kind of, though, I, I guess I came into this game not knowing much about Carmen Sandiego, and I kind of thought, always thought that was the gimmick of Carmen Sandiego, that she just led you around. Well, yes, but I would say that in the... So, okay. I think one thing in the other games is a lot of times who you're chasing around is, like, her henchmen, who yes. I think are supposed to be way less intelligent than her. Oh, so, like, in where in time, in each, like, time s- spot you go to, is, like, you're tracking down one of the henchmen, not necessarily Carmen. Okay. And, like, even in, like, I think, like, the game, like, where in the USA, where in the world, where you're going to different locations, you're finding hench people, and I think you build up to Carmen San Diego, right? Yes. Oh, got it. Okay, that's different. So... This game, I feel like it's, like, very much, like, it's very much her with, like, you see the occasional, like, person or two. Yeah, but it's mostly them just helping her. Yeah. Yeah. More or less. Mm-hmm. So, all so right. It, in some ways, I it's, like, kind of smart at the same time. Like, it's, like, I guess that's a smart way to go about it, but I wonder how much of that... It's, it's, I, I feel like it was intentional. It's just funny because especially at like this last and second to last one, Jules keeps mentioning maybe Carmen's like, uh, like, is like, is like doing something we don't suspect. And they're really hammering it at home to be like, oh, there's a reason for you to think that Carmen is just in this for the thrill of the chase. Well, yes. I think they want to humanize Carmen. It's true. Mm. Well, I think, and so, and this is actually one thing. I think dull some of the impact. We see Carmen way too much. You do see Carmen a lot. A lot. More, and I mean in person, like the video clip she leaves you, hacking the chief's call, that's fine. You physically see her in front of you too often. (laughs) Almost. They want you to feel like you're close, but you can't catch her. In probably like half or more of the missions, you see her in Russia. You see her at the very beginning. You see her in China. You see her in China. You see her in Scotland. You see yeah. her in um, Germany. Germany. There's somewhere else, too, I think you see her. Right. More, like, midway through the game. But re- you see her at the end. I and mean, regardless, you see her, like, 
probably like at least like around six to seven times throughout this game. Right. And that's one thing about the older games, even though they're a bit more of a grind to play than this one, she's this mystery figure you don't see a lot outside of the box art. Yeah. So, you know, take that as you will. I'd like to take a few things from the top, but go ahead, Elizabeth. Well, I guess what I want to say is when I was a kid in a cereal box, I got a sample of this game and I always wanted to play it. And so now I really just feel like I've lived my childhood dream. And I don't care that I saw Carmen too much because I have no context. And I just I just enjoyed it. I'm that glad. is fair. But no, <laughs> I, I did find a lot of stories about that CD sampler being passed around, but the game was never around a lot. Yeah, yeah I feel like this... we, I wanted it, but I never got it. Yeah, I feel like we ordered it online, like off Amazon and like re like in like 2003 or four we maybe not amazon but we ordered it like right. off their website because it just wasn't anywhere right well i think i don't know if this game was like more meant to send to schools i feel like this would not be a great educational game for kids although there are some fun facts if you click around like talking about, talking about poverty in most of the areas well, I feel like, right, I don't think it'd be a particularly good game because the thing with, like, the normal Where in the World games is you can kind of just pop that in and the mission-based structure. Right. And almost, like, it's almost randomly some done sometimes, isn't it? I think so. Because in, like, the Where in the USA game I played, they I, I don't know if it's randomly generated prompts, but it's people walking around a pre-rendered background and they give you clues so, yes, the game probably could just stack, like, five different states for you to go to. Right. Or, like, you could mix up the order or or whatnot. You know, I feel like with, with this game, it's so mission and, like, kind of story-based that it feels like it's four homes. That's very possible. On that note, because I played through a couple of these missions, most of the missions twice, once just kind of following the clues, then once because the chief gives you clues. And I was curious, like, what order they wanted you to play them in. And some of it's a little all over the place. But it is. Yes, it is much heavier on the story than any mm. other past Carmen San Diego game. And but it's weird because there's a lot of the story they leave hanging, like all this stuff about Carmen abandoning acne. Clearly, that's still shaking up jewels. Uh, what is yeah, you, you, know, like, you never hear. Yeah. I just feel like for the amount it's discussed, we don't get to hear a lot about it. Well, mm -hmm. I do feel like, and I know you want to start from the top, which oh, go ahead. But really quick. I do feel like they definitely, I think we're going to continue with these characters in like a, a, a second game. Like, I feel like, I mean, there's some learning company games that I feel like had multiple entries with different story stuff happening. Yeah, and, like, their story semi-continue. They're in Stolen Drums, but the story itself doesn't continue. But that's not the learning company, is it? I mean, it's the IP, so... But, yes, I yeah. know. Like, it feels like, especially at the end, they were like, it's something big. Like, I mean, my guess is the game didn't sell as well as they had hoped. And I think the learn... And I think that was just also kind of the end of an era for that kind of educational point-and-click game. Yeah, it's true. So... All Here. right. Do we want to do a breakdown mission by mission? I'm kidding. We, we're not going to do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we can say what our are, favorite mission. Yeah. What are we, we What are we talking about right now? Like what? We we'll wanted the focus? to take it from the top. But well, I did. Just kind of. I took some notes on this one. Uh, 
I know John complained about the animation being a little janky. Well, I here's the thing. There's a lot of things I feel like as a child I missed playing this game. And so my my bigger point being I just remember the animation looking better. That's very I didn't possible. remember it being super rudimentary flash. Yes. I mean, again, they at least built the environment so it's not against pre-rendered backgrounds, but... It's true. I was just... So to me, Mission 1, specifically the first couple of countries, is trying to be a very fast tutorial on how to play the game. So, like, they, they say, use your database, use your database. The one problem is, if you go into the database and you spell it wrong, Hawkins goes, no luck. Maybe we should check the spelling. Didn't I see that written down somewhere? Now... I don't know what eight-year-old playing this game is going to be able to spell some of these words. <laughs> well, and then I feel like I remember, so near the end of the game, they're like, look up Vineyard. Yeah. And, like, they just say Vineyard, I think. I don't think it's written down anywhere. And so to me, I was like, I don't think a kid's going to know how to spell Vineyard. That is a little weird. Right. I mean, one thing that kind of, cancels that out as in other Carmen San Diego games you had a fuel gauge so you could only visit the wrong place so many times in this game you can just fly around willy-nilly until you find the right spot yeah I think it would have been pretty brutal with I think even some of the 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 fuel gauge in the original in the some of the original games are kind of brutal in some aspects I think it would have been increased horribly brutal with that in this game especially yes. for a young child so we've we've held it off long enough since we're talking about mission one. Does John want to talk about the ultimate moment of idiocy? Well, wait, so, what is this? So, okay. <laughs> as a child, we also had the demo disc. Great. And I think we thought it was broken for a long time. I think we didn't even know it was a demo disc. Well, no, because I remember it said mission one on the disc. I think we thought we couldn't solve this puzzle because it wasn't in there because it was the demo, which in retrospect is stupid because what game company would do that? It's, I think you were in, it was one of the African countries. What, which it was, oh, are you it was talking Kenya. about behind the poster? There's like a note tucked behind a poster where you can like barely see it. Which I do feel like, here's the thing. I feel like they should have pointed that out to you because once you know that's a thing they're actually do they will do is like put it under little posters, it becomes more clear. Right. The one thing I will say is in the audio Carmen leaves you in Japan, it does say look for a way to travel to the capital, and Jules mentions the train goes to the capital. However, yeah, I mean. It's just one of those things where I feel like, right, we, I think, tried to play through that so much times, like, I guess we gotta get the full game to play through this mission. Mm. And we, <laughs> I feel like we got there again, we're like, where is it? And then we finally found, like, the little slip of paper, and we were like, oh. Well, especially <laughs> because every other time you find something like that in the game, it doesn't blend in as much. The wall is white, and the paper is white. So. Yeah. Yeah, that is. Tough. I will say this: my childhood fear still scared me in this oh, yes. game in Antarctica. When you're in the little thing, when you're in the little uh, observation building, and you click on something and then zoom out, suddenly this guy with like a parka and like a a ski goggles on just like leans his head through the window and like stares at you. 
and then like you got then the characters freak out and it still shook me I, I remember as a child for some reason that image of someone just like like looking at a window or looking at a door and someone just like sticking their head that way freaked me out for years and it still kind of gave me a bit of like a jump playing it now at 24. Now, here's my question. How did it compare to the jump scares in Blackmore Manor? I think that... So, I knew it was coming in this Carmen game. So, it wasn't as But you bad. still jumped. You physically jumped. I know. I mean, I think... Okay, the only... Okay, so... We, we talked about Nancy Drew last time. Um, the only thing I think that was legitimately startling was when the maid suddenly at this door and the characters in the game yell the characters in the game are like ah! like nancy's like ah! yes it, it, she does <laughs> when that it's happens very true. so it's supposed yeah. to be that you're freaked right. out yeah. yeah i was gonna so i am not like i was not like scared by this game as a child i remember it having a very creepy vibe now some of that is just some of the music is creepy but another part yes. of that is the music loops are really short Mm-hmm. So it's really easy to like have kind of a darker moment happen with no accompanying music, which makes it scarier. Well, there's also a lot of like kind of look at this music, like like sound effects that are, can be kind of we- eerie. Well, like it, you go into a room where there's an open door at the end and it makes like a scary sounds clip. And you're like, oh, Carmen's there, but she's not even there yet. Like it's like we walked in the room four times. It has you pause, not click anything while they play the sound clip. And Carmen's not even there. Yeah. It's just bizarre. I mean, some of the stuff is rudimentary. I mean, like, there's a reason you don't, I think, physically take anything out of your knapsack. It's just if it it can be used, it's there ready for you to do. And maybe that, I don't know if that's rudimentary in terms of, like, they didn't want to, like, try that. Or maybe, actually, it's probably not rudimentary in that degree. It's probably, like, for the kids. Well, right, but also... Most of those gadgets we barely use outside of the Watson 221B, which great name there, guys. And the um, grappling hook, which you don't get until, like, the second to last mission, but you use it, like, three to four times in, like, the last hour or two of the game. Mm-hmm. I know. It's like Mabel took over the production. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, I don't know, just to to give some points for this game, I feel like... I don't know. These issues didn't bother me that much. Like, I, you know. No, I'm I just not... enjoyed the game. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed going around to the different countries. I thought at first it was a little too formulaic of, like, we have to go here next. Then it was a little bit too much, like, oh, we have to jump around, but they don't tell you have to jump around. Yeah. So I kind of wish they'd struck a better balance, but, like, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, my my thing is, is that I feel like... Say what you're going to say, Well, Oh, uh, I was going to kind of agree with Elizabeth. The first few missions feel like they're easing you into it. Then by, like, the fourth mission, you're doing a lot of running around, and that's kind of, that's the fish gong, where she's literally having you go in circles. I, yeah. I do sometimes feel like there are times where there are obtusely hidden things. Like, a really good example is in the castle mission. Oh, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, so you start in the Congo, you get that Chinese candy, but then you have to go to, but then you get the thing from Carmen about going to Stockholm. If you remember, if you click on the radio, you might just immediately go to China. So this doesn't matter. We didn't catch the Stockholm thing. We were so confused. 
Oh, you didn't Sorry, fix the radio? Well, no, we fixed the radio. Maybe I'm talking about a later mission with Stockholm. Never mind. Yeah. So if you go to China and go to a room all the way off to the side, there's a ticket to Hamlet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's supposed to encourage you to go to England. However, I guess I was struggling. Like, how's anyone going to think to look in this room where nothing else goes on? Find the Hamlet ticket because it's behind a poster, of course. So, because you also need that map from Stockholm. So I don't know. It felt, that felt like the one time where they were tr trying to branch off into different directions if you. Well, so I think part of the issue is it's very clear they want you to do very specific things first. So, I mean, the one thing with the London puzzle is it was very clear to me how, how to beat the puzzle pretty quickly. Yes. And we had, like, the poem, and we had, oh, like, the annoying. places to put it, but they're like, oh, we don't have, like, the secret map. Like, it's like, there was, like, something, like, one thing we didn't have. So sometimes they're like, I'm, we're not ready to solve this puzzle yet, but I'm like, I know how to solve it. Mm -hmm. And I get, and I get, that's probably because you could speed through this game, I think, really quickly if you didn't do anything. And, I mean, the, the purpose of the game is educational. Also, going to the Stockholm thing, probably what happened was, they probably did bring the Stockholm thing up on the radio, but remember, we saved right after that mm -hmm. and went to China first and then played, started playing again like a week later. Uh, so we probably just forgot they had mentioned Stockholm for that piece of it. I think that's what happened, yeah. That would do it. Um, but, yeah. Okay, so here's my thing. I feel like I feel like I learned quite a bit while playing this game. Now, I know this information, is, some of this information is probably outdated since it's 20 years old. It's also but, just a little gimmicky how they give the information, but you learn a lot. Yeah. I don't remember retaining any of this knowledge as a child. See, I did retain some of it. Okay. Maybe I was so, too young. I was like, what, four, five? It would, you would have been in kindergarten or preschool, yeah. Yeah, maybe... I feel like, yeah, maybe if I was a little older, I would have retained more of it. I mean, remember some of the locations and probably certain things I learned from this game. But, like, it's just funny where I was like, I don't remember. It's like, I remember this game being, like, ah, oh, fun. Like, there's not that much educational stuff. And the game has so much educational and stuff in it. What you're saying about it being gimmicky, Elizabeth, is the Netflix show has a meta joke about that. Like, the second episode where Carmen says to the guy on her earpiece, why are you telling me all of this? <laughs> I appreciate that. So? I feel like the most gimmicky was, like, their plane conversations. But, I mean, I also appreciate it. Like, I did learn a decent amount from this game. Not that I'd, I don't know if I'll retain it, but it's, like, it was fun to travel around. I think that's part of why I really like this game. Mm -hmm. It's fun to just travel around the world. Even, like, if there were is little issues, it was like, oh, well, we're getting to see, like, what kind of culture is like in all these different countries. Yeah. Oh yeah. I feel it and I feel like they cover a lot of interesting regions. Absolutely. To be honest. Like even like some of the stuff like even sometimes like I I'll give I think the last mission thing, I don't know if they just were running out of money at finally at the last mission where they had to reuse some of the places. Or like they were like, it's gonna be fun to go back to some of these places. Yeah. But I do think it was pretty well done that it wasn't like, oh, we're at Germany again. Or it's like, we're at this place again. Like, it did feel like you're right. going to very different places. Well, now, so I will say this. I get that 
America. Most people are from America. But it did it did strike me as odd that the two places you go to are America are New York, which seemed like such an afterthought. Like you're just at a window, like way far away from the city. That and was then weird. Colorado. Yeah. So I wanted to say about the last mission revisiting some places. One thing I wish there was more of, so I think it's mission three. You go to this shop at the Taj Mahal and the guy talks to you and you get the thing. Then on mission five or six, you go back and he remembers you. I think kind of a fun final mission because you mm-hmm. interact with at least one person in every mission. You go back to those countries and everyone has a clue to help you get, or maybe one of the gems. Because at the last thing we were trying to solve the gem puzzle, where did the gems come from? That well, is a did good Carmen question. just leave them there? Yeah, I think that's the implication. Is I was Carmen went in ahead of you, right? Remember, Carmen is yes. in there at the end. So I think Carmen's just like, they're going to come here and find the treasure just like I want them to. Right, I'm just saying, like, it could have been kind of fun because one thing they really, in the marketing, they have a sentence that says, meet real people, hear authentic sounds, and see interesting new places. I, I don't know. I, I understand these people. I don't know what they meant by real people. But it would have been kind of nice to, like, give, like, the tour guide in Kenya, the clock guy, the woman at the hotel, mm-hmm. one last, like, oh, and someone left this for you. That would have been fun. That now, would have been good. I feel like that would have just been almost, like, the whole final mission was doing that. I did like going back to Alihamb- like Alhambra in Spain. Yeah. The Alhambra, yeah. The Alhambra, sorry. Um no, to fine. me that that was kind of, like that also kind of happens for the Quebec section where they're, where they're like, "Oh, like it's like Acme took over the carousel shop." Right, but I, where I think it, I would it, it felt like a cool callback. Yes. I guess they were probably going to the last patient to feel more like a lap, but go ahead, Elizabeth. Especially with the wolf statue. John yeah. was very partial to the wolf statue very good. in Quebec. So. Very, very good job. Of course he was. <laughs> Sorry if anyone hears thunder. It's raining outside. Oh, okay. So Now, I've... we do need to, unfortunately, uh, make a recognition of the date of this um of this uh, game. It yeah, came so, out, and a, an unfortunate click yes. in this game. So it came out in November 2001, and when you go to New York, the two towers are there in the window, because it's, it's a JPEG, clearly, and they're a click point, and they talk about them a little bit. That's fine. What's the problem, or the shocking thing that I'm surprised Steam didn't cut out, was when you click on the uh, Empire State Building, they said, it's so strong, it, it survived being hit by a plane back in the 1970s. Yeah, for the Empire State yeah, Building. And you're was... just like, ooh. Now, I have to assume one of two things. One, the discs are all ready to go. They were printed. And we were like, look, we just got to ship them out. And I think the second option was, which is also maybe equally true, is that they might have just forgotten that was in there. That's possible. It is kind of like a throwaway thing. New York almost felt like a throwaway location. Like, it almost felt like they made the game. Or, like, they had the whole plan for everywhere you're going to go, and they're like, wait, what? why aren't we going to New York? Oh, that's possible. Yeah. Like, it, it felt like they were kind of like, wait a minute... Let, you gotta go to New York if you're talking about big geography places. And, like, to me, that's kind of how I felt. 
is it felt like that whole thing. That's why it's just like a random room where you see the New York skyline in the distance instead of a whole like like you're in Times Square or something and can see a bunch of stuff. All right, we're back because uh, John and Elizabeth had a tornado warning. Yeah. We survived. Had to take shelter. Very important, kids. Yeah. Make sure you take shelter. Tornado warning. Yes. So one thing that on our little break that John said that I wanted to point out is that you get the grappling hook in the next to last minute and use it like five times. I think that's to establish he's a really good shot. So when he snatches Carmen with it at the end, it doesn't feel like it's out of nowhere or it was a lucky shot. It's true. I think that's probably some of it. Because yeah. it would have been funny if you had just gone it like earlier and like you had to do it that it triggered something else without it. And then he just does that the very last thing. Or it would have been funny if he got it in the first mission and keeps talking about it. But you're right. It probably is to try to establish that. Right. But I would have put that a little earlier, maybe like replace the flashlight with it. Because the flashlight and the x-ray goggles kind of have the same basic function. Yeah. I do think it's also important to point out one thing. Yes. The difficulty of this game's not really there. Like, it's fun to play because I actually think it's informative. And it's kind of like a fun, like, ah, oh, like, it's like a children's game kind of romp. But it's not like you're going to, like, play this and be like, wow, what great puzzles. I Well, I agree that, yes, it doesn't hold up. If you're an adult coming back to play, if you're 8 to 12, the demo for this game, do you think it would be more engaging? Yeah. No, I think for a child would definitely be engaged with this game. I'm just saying as an adult perspective, I do think it's like, okay, like, yeah, it's like, like Nancy Drew, there's, this, you know, four kids. Timeless but... is what he means to say. <laughs> Timeless. I wasn't going to go that far, but sure. Um, But... And, like, there are some other children's adventure games or games that are for children that, for one reason or another, I think they're, the puzzles are still fun and engaging. Like, I think some of the, when we get to some of the later Humongous Entertainment stuff, some of them are just, like, so fun and zany. Yes, although like, we did take some heat on our Putt-Putt episode about some of the things we said. Uh, someone would like to point out, when they were a kid, they got the serotonin rush of knowing how to solve the puzzle during replays. So, you know, take that as you will. <laughs> okay. Intriguing. And yes, that I mean, I get. I will take. I will take our. our yeah, we'll take critiques. Okay, yeah, we gotta establish that. Yeah. Well, no. The the thing is, and that's fine. Like, I don't think it's necessarily bad. I I think, I think this is a game. I think one positive of this game is I think it's interesting because I think the locations are fun to go to, and I think it's an interesting enough jaunt. Not that it's like that in depth of a story, but it's like fun to go around the world. And I think as a kid, this would be fun to replay because it's like, oh yeah, it's like the Germany part. Right. You know, like, I think I think as a kid, kids would love this. Like, I think kids would love and even like replay it for whatnot. I'm saying that I think gameplay wise, I don't think an adult would necessarily find this particularly engaging. You're probably right. I mean, it I and again, there's no issue of a game being aimed at kids. Nothing about this game is poorly designed. Animation's a little janky, but uh, yeah, but I, I even felt like. Yeah, never mind. Please go ahead, Elizabeth. No, I felt like they did what they could with the animation that they chose. Yeah. You know, like, they just chose a simple animation style, and they just kind of went for it. I don't disagree with that, and I had kind of wondered, was this game rushed a little bit, or did it have a low budget and they were a little too ambitious? Hmm. 
I'd have to look at some of the other Learning Company games I played. What Learning Company games do we have besides this one, or was this it? I feel like there were a few, like, uh, other... I'd have to go back and look. Because I remember, like, they always had demos, but maybe I'm just thinking of this game. My guess is if I went back, a lot of them would look similar to this. Not in a horrible way, but, like, it's, like, okay... But, I mean, it's like we talked about Nancy Drew, and Nancy Drew has cool CGI, but we can also acknowledge that the CGI is not necessarily the greatest. And can I just say, um, Secrets Can Kill, first Nancy Drew game, had, like, cartoon characters like this. Yeah. And then they, you know, after that, they had the CGI stuff, which got better and better as it went along. So, like, you know, even Nancy Drew started out this way. Very nice. Yeah, so I'm looking at learning. They did Carmen San Diego, The Clue Finders, which is a series I semi remember. Never played one Clue of them. Fi- but I-, I feel like I remember Clue Finders. It was the Clue Finders were something I remember seeing ads for in all the Learning Company games, but we never actually owned one. I think our high school, our high school elementary school computer lab had them, but we never played it. Uh, Fisher Price Games. Mine- I think we had some. I think we had some Reader Rabbit thing. Yeah, I was about to say Reader Rabbit's on here. Oh, uh, I think I remember. Will, Reader it's Rabbit. the Zumbinis. That's what we had. No, we didn't. Yeah, we did. No, that was the school computer lab. We had Zumbinis Mountain Rescue. No, we had the you had, the demo for that was on this game. Well, I'm pretty sure we had the full game. All right, I'll go okay, check the we- attic. Back, We're about to have a brother fight. Back to the the old cat, like the old uh, portfolio of PZ discs. Yes. They also did the Oregon Trail, obviously. We brought mm-hmm. that up earlier. Obviously, that we brought it up earlier in the show. They did PBS Kids games. Uh, they did Caillou, Zabumafu, Arthur Ready to Race. You know, we also had Carmen's Think Quick Challenge. Yeah. JJ the Jet Plane Cyber Chase. Oh, the Liberties Kids game. Oh, I, that's what it was. Oh, I am having some trauma flashbacks. Trauma? That game, I am not exaggerating, might be one of the hardest things I've ever played. Oh. Well. Like, I need to find it, and we need to play it for this show. We should play it for this show. That would be good. Then we'll realize is he was, it has the same realization that I had as a kid. It's like, maybe I was just a dumb kid. Well, John, I would agree with that, but one of our cousins who is very, very smart remembers playing this game and also remembers it being hard. Now, he might not have played it since he was, you know, 12, but I feel like this I feel like this is actually a really good game to revisit because, Elizabeth, do you know what Liberty's Kids is about? I've, I think I've seen the show. It's essentially they're, like, in American history sort of stuff around, like, isn't it around, basically, the start of the U.S.? Yeah, Revolutionary yeah. War. Era. Okay. They're working for Ben Franklin's newspaper. And as I recall, you have to, like, write the articles. But there's it's also very hard to find certain items. And interviews are very confusing. Basically, you have to write the best article possible. And we'll come back to this because this is... Well, Right. Well, because there was stuff like, I think there was the hard mode where they're like, it'd be great if we could get a picture of this guy. But I also feel like by the end of the game, I feel like when I played, I remember just posting random newspaper articles. But we should get back to Carmen. Yes. So, hmm. 
So, right, we're not slamming the animation. It's just noticeable, but it's also an older game, so. Right, I I don't remember it being bad. So, one, a kid probably doesn't notice. Also, probably at, in 2001, it looked pretty decent. So, I don't, I don't, I, I just, I'm bringing up the animation not to say, oh, it's horrible. It's just like, I just don't remember it being like that. Yes. So, I'd also like to talk about our central duo, because we spend so much of the game with them. Uh guess a decent dynamic but it does i do wish the character development they keep kind of hinting at stuck a little better because mm-hmm. i end, agree <laughs> yeah they're like you're working so well together i'm like isn't this how they were acting the whole time right like by the end he's like hawkins like we should check your journal often and jules is a little less of adverse to the tech but it still kind of feels like they're bickering the same level they did at the beginning yeah Fair. agreed and then Carmen is significantly bigger than either of them. Did anyone else notice that? Yeah, I mean, Carmen's supposed <laughs> to be a presence. I, I'm aware Carmen is supposed to be a presence. I just found it kind of funny. Yeah. I didn't catch that. That's actually pretty funny. So, so really, I guess the only critique, I, the biggest critique I would have is I wish the story had more meat to it. And since if we're going to talk about all this history stuff, maybe that was for an unmade sequel. Yeah, I do. I do get the sense they wanted to make a direct sequel to this. I mean, they even set up a sequel at the very end. But I actually was thinking about this where I a sequel. I mean, unless their thoughts were a sequel that was like very specifically like the U.S. And maybe that's why you visit so few places in the United States. Well, didn't they have where in the U.S. is currently? Well, but have? like the, in this vibe. Oh, OK. You they know, in I, this kind. A direct sequel to this game. Yeah, which is maybe what they were thinking of. But my problem is I was kind of like, they've gone to like a lot of the major world places you would go to. I mean, sure, there's more and you can revisit places. But like there were times I was kind of like, well, I wonder what else you could do. I guess they don't like go specifically to like London. Right. So I guess there were some places they could have saved. Like, I guess there's like Madrid. So I guess I'm... I'm wrong in saying there isn't places they could go to, but I, I, I am curious what, like, their specific, like, um, if it was going to be another just world game with different locations and maybe some of the same locations, or if they were going to do something like Time or U.S. You save time for the third one. Uh, it's true. I do also wonder if the ending is just kind of a trope of the genre, like, oh, Carmen's at it again. We gotta go. Kind of like how The Incredibles 1 is clearly just supposed to be a trope of the superhero genre, not an actual sequel setup. Yeah, but I, I guess the reason I think this game, the end of this game implies a sequel is because they talk about, like, I think Carmen's like this. And, like, uh, Hawkins is like, no, I can't believe that. And, like, they're having a conversation. like, who knows? Maybe we'll find out. And it's, like, setting up this, like, kind of little bit of intrigue. That is true. And even when they show up in Secret of the Stolen Drums, this stuff never comes up. Yeah. So, all right. Let's all rank our favorite missions. Well, I think... I think the England mission was super close to being my favorite. But then it's a little too much... Because it has a secret passage. And, yeah, a lot of, good. and a lot of other... It has a uh, Great Wall stuff. 
but there's like a few too many things where it's like clearly I'm I can do something here and you have to just do something very specific to trigger it. Yes. Oh yeah. I felt like that was I mean for one England, England. love England was super excited about the tea shop and then got myself a cup of tea. It, it was just hype. But anyways, then I got annoyed with England because I kept having to go to that dumb fireplace and ask the random dude yeah. like things. And it was like one time it was just the picture on the wall. But I also get that it was more non-linear than the other storylines. So I liked that about it because it was actually more like Nancy Drew. Like you got to just go around and click things, mm-hmm. see what's going on everywhere. I would almost yeah. say maybe. I think the last few missions are significantly better than yes. this. Because I think there's more, it's more like, oh, like something's being kind of set up. And whether it's Carmen playing at all, but I think the Germany mission's pretty good. Because it's yes. like, oh, you have to go find all the gears. And that's when you kind of start figuring out certain things. I also think the last mission's pretty good, too, to be honest. Yeah, I was going to say, though, about the clock. The way that's set up, that almost feels like a pitch for a whole game where there could be like eight gears and you go on eight different missions kind of tracking them yeah. down. It had to be a better setup than my my grandfather. Like it's been propped up for years and the gears were sold off many years ago. So it's like someone's just kept that door open, propped up and never closed for like probably decades. Yeah. So... Like, what if some poor kid gets stuck? Well, the door inside. can... I would assume the door can open from the inside. I guess that's fair. But, like, my whole thing is if they were really worried, they could have probably just kicked the door down. That's true. <clears throat> no, I would agree with you. The England mission, the clock mission, and the final one are all very good. I guess I wish there was a slightly better final puzzle, but... Well, I think the problem is the final puzzle in terms of, like, is is supposed to be hard solely for the math. Yeah. Which as a as a hum, as like an adult who has a math as a un- human were you about to as say? a as an adult who has a human who has a uh, a undergraduate degree in math, it wasn't hard. But I could kind of see like a kid having some trouble trying to figure that out. Okay, yeah. Hey Bernice, can you put that in my idea board? I I feel like you like to think this Bernice thing is a gag that everyone loves. It's like ah, he said Bernice. I don't know how much. I don't know if the audience is feeling the joke. We'll see when the reviews start rolling in. Translation: John isn't feeling the joke. That's definitely true. But okay, so that wraps up this discussion. All right, so what do we rate this game? Yeah, and to remind everyone of the rating system, um, we have as our top rating, Excellent Adventure. Our second rating is Worth a Click. Three is a missed point uh, and just missed a point. And then uh, our least, our lowest category is Escape Pod and Get Out. Um, all very punny based on our title. Um, I think if you're a kid, it's worth a click. Just worth a click for a kid? Well, okay, I guess I guess I should say overall I think it's worth a click. I don't I just I can't I don't know. I wouldn't recommend here's the problem. Would any of you recommend this to an adult? Well mm, maybe. 
Like, if somebody said they were really nostalgic for Carmen Sandiego or had that demo disc as a kid and wanted to see the whole game, it's on Steam for $10, so... Yeah. Yeah, I would recommend it to myself because I now feel like I have fulfilled a childhood dream. Did I love it as an adult? Maybe not, but I fulfilled the childhood dream, you know? Right, I feel like it's, like... It's fine to recommend to people who've played it in the past or were aware of it or Carmen Sandiego in general, which is a a decent chunk of people. But, like, I feel like it's worth a click. Like, I, I feel like my question is, my only reason I wouldn't say for a kid it's a great adventure is I just don't remember as a little kid retaining most of this information or even being aware of some of the stuff that's happening in the game. Like, a lot happened in the game. I was just like, what? To be fair, this is how I knew most Brazilians speak Portuguese, which very much impressed our associate pastor. So I do think I I will be with you on. I will say that I do remember that about it. I'm not going to lie. I do remember the Portuguese thing, but I think that's because we were stuck on that dang demo disc for so long. That's very possible. Uh, so I would say. It is worth a click asterisk if you're really interested in Carmen San Diego history or want to see how some things have changed. Like I, as someone who likes to follow cultural stuff, I was very interested to see how they would talk about stuff like this in 2001. Like there's one point when they go to Mexico and they talk about hot sauce and really in 2001, the only hot sauce you might have is Tabasco and like that stuff with the cork on most restaurant tables. You know, now there's yeah. aisles and aisles devoted to hot sauce. So it's like in 2001, that's kind of a fun fact. There's all this kind of hot sauce. Now it's, Huh. Okay. Yeah. All right, let's see. You can give it whatever score you want to. I want to say it's between a great adventure and worth a click. Yeah. Because you can say that. I enjoyed it and I don't know, I thought it was charming in a way. You know, all the I different think it's locations. Too. You know, even if you see Carmen too much, it's like, I almost caught Carmen. Um, but I think that's also me knowing that it's a children's game and probably as a child, I would have liked it more than like as an adult. That's, yeah. that's with the, that caveat, probably as an adult, it is just worth a click. I remember really liking this game as a kid and I still do like it now. I'm just more saying, I don't know how much I would recommend. Like if you like, oh, point and click adventure games, you know, there is like Carmen, like Carmen, where in the world is Carmen San Diego? I don't know if I would tell them you have to play this. Like I would say, right, I think it's worth a click if you like, if you have any nostalgia for Carmen San Diego. Right. The other, and I would also throw in, and this is just my own personal thing, it was nice to go back and play a game that was not trying to be cynical or gleefully self aware or set up a broader thing. It was kind of nice just to go play a game that was its own contained thing. And we moved on. Except they kind of tease the sequel at the end. But if you ignore that. I'm willing to say, I'm willing to go if that's just a trope of the Carmen Sandiego genre where, oh, she's at it again. Because mm. every episode of the show ends like that. It's true. Uh, all right. That wraps up this podcast. Next time, the complete humongous entertainment continues with Fatty Bear's birthday surprise. Fun. Which, they only made one Fatty Bear game, and you can probably guess why. <laughs> Will has played it. We have not yet. Um, it'll be interesting. Well, I'm John. I'm Will. I'm Elizabeth. We'll see you next time.